Hello, and welcome to this episode of the Print On Demand Playbook Podcast. I'm your host, Adrian Von Arx, here with my co-host, Carrie Egler. And in today's episode, we are sitting down with Cody McGuffey, the host of the Etsy Seller Podcast and the creator of Everbee, which is a powerful product analytics tool for Shopify and Etsy sellers. Join us as we discuss all things design research, product research, leveraging powerful tools to skyrocket your sales. And we have a lot of chat around mindset. So real quick, before we begin, if you haven't already, please be sure to subscribe to the podcast. It helps you never miss an episode. It helps us reach more people. And we really, really appreciate that. So with that, thank you for being here. We appreciate you and let's jump in. Welcome back to the Print on Demand Playbook podcast. I am super excited because Carrie and I have a special guest for you today. We are sitting down with Cody McGuffey, the founder of Everbee. And Cody, Cody's tool offers so much value. All of my students know I'm in love with this tool, but I actually want to hear more about Cody. I want to share his story uh, and I want to talk about his journey and how he has built a tool that really can just help sellers make more sales. So Cody, welcome to the podcast, man. Man, thank you for having me here. Appreciate it. Adrian, Carrie, what's up? How are you guys doing? I'm doing good, We're man. Good, We're excited man. to have you, Cody. I uh, just wanted to chime in for our listeners. I know Adrian said it, but th- this is this is Adrian's uh, software software crush. Yeah. Uh, he's always talking about Everbee. Uh, not not Cody specific. I'm not saying Cody's his software crush. I'm saying he, <laughs> Everbee is his software crush. So he's always talking about Everbee. So he hit me up and said, oh, "Dude, I got Cody on the podcast from Everbee." I was like, "Dang, man." He went went all in. Wow, man. Uh, you guys give me too much credit. Adrian, thank you for that love, man. Um, <laughs> way too much credit, honestly. But I really, really appreciate it. We're uh, definitely blessed to be in, the, in a cool position where we can help thousands of people throughout the world like kind of pursue their dreams. So we're the lucky ones, to be honest. Like me and my team, like we're, we're the lucky ones, trust me. Yeah, man. And I, I really want to dig a lot on uh, you, the tool, what, you know, how it can help people make more sales. I know how it can help people make more sales, but I want to hear it straight from the creator. Um, and then I want to talk about kind of what, you know, what's in the pipeline for you guys, what's coming to help empower print on demand sellers to make more sales and unlock more freedom in their life. So what I want to do though, is I want to start by taking a step back and I want to just like, I want our listeners to get to know Cody. Like, who is Cody? If you could just introduce yourself, tell us a little bit about your story, who you are, how you got into e-commerce, and how Everbee came about, that would be awesome. Dude, that's a big question. Um, Like anybody's life, right? Summarize it in 30 seconds type of thing. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, looking back, I started my entrepreneurship journey pretty much as a kid, probably like selling Pokemon cards, at the little Let's tykes go. table on the side of the street type of thing, you know, getting some, getting some cards stolen by the bigger kids, not really realizing it and figuring out how to give somebody change back after they bring a $20 bill to your table, you know, type of thing. Uh, that was young, uh, going to like sweeping floors, like at grocery store or convenience stores in our, in our neighborhood to working for my dad or working for my stepdad or just working for neighbors and stuff, trying to make a dollar, I guess. We didn't know what it was called at the time. We didn't call it entrepreneurship. We just kind of called it like trying to make some money, right? 
uh, that's kind of where it started. Uh, fortunately it came from a family of entrepreneurs. I would say if I look back on it, like I did come from family of entrepreneurs, but again, we didn't call it this. We only saw the downsides with entrepreneurship when I was younger. Like we only saw all the struggle. Mm-hmm. We didn't, I didn't really get to see like a lot of thriving, like I don't, as a, a thriving entrepreneur, we saw mostly like the stress, the financial burdens, the lack of healthcare, health insurance, uh, the lack of money to like buy this thing. You have a great, seems like we had a great three month period of time of our life. And then all of a sudden it was like, things are super tight. It's kind of weird. Uh, this was just life. Um, probably a lot of people listening to this have a, a very similar story. Uh, so then actually what the thing is for me is it turned me away from entrepreneurship. It, mm. it actually was like the constant listening and watching, you know, bankruptcy happen in my family, watching us lose houses, watching us have no healthcare. And like this kind of sparked this interest of, does it have to be this freaking hard? And like, seems like, why don't we just, why doesn't everybody just go get a job? <laughs> and why doesn't everybody just like have a secure salary? And these, apparently these jobs, like they pay for your healthcare guys. Like, let's just go do this, you know? <laughs> and so I like went on this, like the extreme of that. Like I wanted to do the opposite of, of, of my parents because I only saw the downside. So that's what I did. I committed to that. I played college, I played college football. Football was like my thing in the college, uh, played college football at Menlo college in, in the Bay area, a very small business school with the whole sole intention of like, I'm going to go and make a bunch of money working for a company that's a super stable income and awesome life. Went and did this, um, graduated, started my corporate career, suit and tie, pretty proud. It was like a base plus commission type of role. And I was like fired up. You pretty much realize quickly. You're just like, Oh, this is why, this is why my, my family did, did the other stuff. Like this kind of sucks. Like nine to five is not that fun. Mm-hmm. And it's, not that cool. And so then I eventually picked up a couple of books, which I'll try to fast forward through this a little bit. Um, I think one of the first books I read was Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Like mm, a lot of the, people listening to this book changed my life for sure. Um, decided I wanted to be a real estate investor at that point. Like pretty much after a couple of books of real estate, I was like, oh, I just want to like, I want to be financially free. This whole financial freedom kind of came into my, my life around 23 years old. I was like, this is the goal. And so then it was like my whole life started surrounding my, I started building everything around financial freedom, go down the real estate investment path, passive income, uh, wholesaling, flipping anybody that's in real estate. Like this was the path. Right. And I was doing that while maintaining a job, full-time career and trying to learn, figure it out for probably two, three years, started a company, a real estate investment company on the side. And we did it. We were like, we were buying out-of-state multifamily properties. We were buying in-state California at the time. We were buying fix and flip properties. Did this all while having a job with the sole purpose of being financially free. And then eventually I'm like two years in, three years in, I'm like, damn, like I'm still not even able to quit my job. You know, at this point I'm making more money in my job too. So it's like even, it's getting harder. I'm getting sucked in more because I'm making more money in my career. Now Mm -hmm. it's like, now my freedom number is like rising married she's working full-time we're doing this business together and then i'm at a real estate investment meetup i meet this guy and he's doing amazon fba Mm. and i'm like okay let's what is that you know and he's like yeah it's like do this i do this this it's like and it's like kind of like a passive income stream you know it's pretty solid i'm like it's like 
digital real estate, you know, like I'm going to just go do that. So went down that path of that. I was going to be now an e-commerce entrepreneur. That was when, when it began, began in e-commerce launched first couple products in Amazon. First one failed, sit pretty significantly lost like $10,000, which was a lot to me at the time. And then my second product. What, what year was this? Like approximately. Good question. Just for some context. Yeah, this was probably 2017. Nice. 2018. Nice. Probably 2018. Um, which led me down this awesome path of e-commerce. And now the game became, now the game of like financial freedom actually got accelerated significantly because the surest way to make money is in real estate. It's also the slow, one of the slowest ways, right? Mm-hmm. E-commerce is like this cool thing of like, you can build systems online and you could actually have a lot of the benefits of this passive income stream, but you also get it much faster with, you have some virality or you just happen to hit something nice, you know, in the, in the market. And so it just became this awesome path of e-commerce journey, which led me from Amazon into having my own Shopify store, which led me to like kind of touching on eBay, touching these other things, including Etsy. And that's kind of where the, my whole Everbee kind of came about was like, I was touching these other things, walmart.com and eventually fell on Etsy. And as soon as I kind of discovered that, and we had some success there, made a couple few hundred thousand dollars in a very sh- pretty short period of time on Etsy. At this point, it was pretty clear, like we need to build something that like helps people like me. And that's kind of where that came. Um, the thing I skipped over just now is my full-time career was in I was recruiting software engineers. So mm. I was already working in, in tech. Oh, wow. And so I, I had this like corporate career that was like in tech and I had this e-commerce like second love. Right. And then I have this, like, I knew that I eventually, I wanted to build a soft, there was eventually at some point I, I wanted to build a software company. Um, I just didn't know what it was at this point. I've already launched three e-commerce businesses that pretty much almost all of them failed this real estate business that was like, uh, anymore. And it was eventually of like, I want to build something to help people make more money because I knew that like, if you can help people make more money and live a cool life, and if I can make money in that process, then I literally will be able to do it forever. I knew that I, I knew enough, enough about myself at this point where if I can help people make money, I would enjoy it. And if I can make money from that process, I can literally be non on, unstoppable because I'll just enjoy it too much to ever stop. That may let, that led me to ever be, that was a very long explanation, but hope that may all, all made sense. No, it's, no, it's, um, so, it's, Oh, go ahead, Gary. No, I was just going to say, it's so cool that, uh, you, you know, you, you, you had the connection already through the software. So it was like, cause you, you were working in software recruiting. So that, that was a cool, I was like, cause I was thinking the whole time, I was like, how did you get to software though? <laughs> Why, you know, why software? So that makes, that makes sure. perfect sense. That's, that's, that's good stuff, man. Adrian. It did take a leap though. I will say like it, it, it on paper, it looks like it totally was easy. It makes sense. Um, in my, in my world, it, it didn't make sense at all. Uh, mm. in my world, it was like the biggest leap of faith ever, right? Like launching, you had e-commerce businesses, you have real estate, you're like, you have a full-time job. Now you want to build a software company. Like that sounds mm. insane, you know? Like it, in our world, it was like a huge risk that didn't make sense to my family. It didn't make sense to anybody that I knew. It didn't make sense at all. So what what year did you what year did you launch Everbee? Twenty twenty one. Twenty twenty one. Awesome. Yeah. 
Yeah, so we're two and a half years in, I guess. Yeah, it's it's really cool hearing your story. Um, I feel like so many entrepreneurs, like so many people were born with the entrepreneurial spirit. And a lot of print on demand sellers, this is not their first rodeo. Like this is not their first kick on uh, at the can. A lot of them you hear time and time again, a common theme is that they've tried, you know, other business models and they were eventually led to print on demand. And what's cool about your story and so many others is their, their stories of failure, which I can totally relate. I had so many failed e-commerce ventures, but there were lessons learned from every single one. And I feel like it sets people up to have more success on the next business venture. Do you feel like it was kind of like that for you? Like there were takeaway, it wasn't truly a failure. You were essentially failing forward. And there were these takeaways that made you a better entrepreneur and fundamentally changed you and helped you evolve and then made you a little bit better on the next one. Would you say that that's kind of your story as well? Yeah, not even just a little bit better, like significantly better. I mean, those things have made made me the success, if you want to call it success. uh, It's made, it's created the success that we've had so far in our life. Like every single failure has, we've used it as a, as a stepping stone to, to get where we are today. And we'll continue to do this by the way, like we're continuing to make more mistakes and, right. and fail and, and we'll continue to, to climb that. Um, it is the most important thing. I, there was one point in our, in our real estate investment career, which I haven't talked a lot about actually, we were flipping houses and we were doing okay. It wasn't like a lot. Um, we had like three houses going at one point to get at the same time. And there's one house though, dude, the thing just did not sell <laughs> the thing drug me and my family through the mud for two and a half years of this $80,000 worth of credit card debt, like in the hole, $15,000 a month and just carrying costs, running out of cash, borrowing cash from like wherever places talking to lenders getting getting shut down by like seven different lenders because now our credits and credits in the dump there were so many things uh in this investment for example in our first real estate career that were so ugly it was so dark for so long like i was i was looked at because we had all these houses we were like flipping we were doing some cool stuff and i remember feeling like i was on top of the world and like in our circle because Mm. people would look at us my wife and i and they're like, damn, you guys are doing some cool shit. Like you guys are crushing it. You guys all the house over here, house over here. And we were, we were doing cool stuff, but like our cash was low, super right. low. Cash flow was non-existent. Mm. Um, and if we were so susceptible to any market change that it was going to change our life significantly. And it did, by the way, it did. And it, 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 it rocked us for like two and a half years as I have a baby and, and my wife wasn't working full time anymore either. Like it was gnarly at one point. But the thing is about it, and I, I'm hoping that anybody that's in a tough time right now where you feel like you're totally up against it and you feel like you just can't even get out and you can't see the light is what helped me was uh, understanding that you don't need to see the, totally the end of the tunnel. You should need to see like one step ahead of you, you know, because if you're in California and traveling to New York at night, like you don't see the entire road right? all at a, at a glance. You just need to see. 20 feet in front of you. And sometimes you just need to like walk. And so that's what we did. We just focused on the next right thing to do, which was, okay, we need to like get secure alone, right? 
And so like, just work on that problem, like fix that problem first. It'll unlock three other salute, three other things later on. It's like a video game at this point. It unlocks so many other levels of the game. And so, um, it's to answer your question, man, is it is the reason why we've had the success that we've had so far. It is the reason why we'll, I think that the, I'm the dad that I am. It's the reason mm. why I'm the husband that I am. Like, it's the reason why, like I'm the son that I am to my mom. I, it's a, uh, it's made me who I am. Yeah. You, you need to take those licks. Like they're so important. Yeah. I, I totally agree, man. It really, it really helps shape people. And I feel like it prepares them more for what's next. Um, so I want to I want to kind of shift gears here and talk about what you built, like what you've created here, because I am a believer, man. I have, have drinking the Kool-Aid. I use it. I love it. I recommend it to all my students. Um, but what's what's the mission of Everbe? Oh, man, that's a good question. So I guess I'll, I'll start with maybe like our why, right? Um, like why we exist, like what we set out to be and kind of like what we stand for. Uh, at Everbe, we believe that everyone deserves the opportunity to pursue their passions and live life on their own terms. Uh, we believe in making e-commerce accessible to everyone in the world, no matter where they are, where country they're in, what life situation they're in. And we want to use e-commerce to make it positive impact in our families, like literally in our household and in our communities. And so we believe that anyone that truly like commits to something is really, really hyper-focused on something and they really, really go after it, then they will succeed. It's just a matter of time. It's a matter of effort, a matter of just like continuing on the path, but they will succeed. And so that's truly like what everybody just believes in as at a core. And then we just, we, we start with a customer in mind of like being super customer centric, but like understanding what their problems are. Okay. People are chasing financial freedom. Got it. How is e-commerce playing to financial freedom? It's a very clear path, right? Like you need to hit your freedom number, which is probably depending on who you are, $10,000 a month is like the nice one to say of profit. Um, but it could be 4,000 a month and it could be 20,000 a month. Like then it's just a matter of building tools and building support around that, that main objective for a customer. So mm. that's our mission. If that makes sense. Hopefully that's not yeah. too general, but like, that's truly what we believe. No, it's, I don't think it's too general. I think that would align with a lot of print-on-demand sellers. That's what a lot of us want. We want freedom, man. We want freedom of time. We want freedom of location. We want freedom of finances. We want to live life on our own terms. And that Dude. your why really aligns with what so many sellers want. It's it, man. Like, really what I think that we're chasing, we all, it's, it appears that we're all chasing money. That's what it looks like. Um, but we're not. We're actually chasing freedom. Uh, Amen. We want, we want freedom. Uh, that's that's what, what I'm after personally. Like I want more, I have freedom now, but I want more freedom. I want, I want to be more free, right? Like I want to have less dependencies, right? Like, uh, yep. <laughs> like probably yeah. no matter how free I am, I'll probably still want to be more free. And, and that's okay. I don't, I don't think that's a bad thing. I think that's a good thing. Uh, it unlocks a lot of creativity. For sure. Yeah. At the end of the day, we want, we want options, right? And freedom, so a lot of times options equal freedom, not always for everybody, but like for me, typically I feel more free when I have more options. Mm -hmm. I want to know, I want to do what I want. I want to do, uh, I want to do what I want and I want to, I want to do when I want and I want to do it with whoever I want at all times. Right. Nobody tells me what to do. And, and that's <laughs> like the way that I've, I've, I've designed our life. And 
I'm not saying like it's perfect, but like I'm saying like that's that's my intention for myself. And I believe that a lot of our customers and, and your guys' audience, print on demand sellers, they want the same thing. Like they want more options for their children. They want more options for their family. They want option to buy the car or not buy the car. It's up to them. Yeah. It's not about if I can buy the car. It's, it's more like, should I? Mm, I don't know. You know, it's it's those kind of options we want to create for ourselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, man, it's it's so interesting to hear your thoughts on things. I really like your perspective around mindset. Um, I listened to your podcast, the Etsy Seller Podcast. Shout out. It's amazing. Hey. Um, I really like what you talk about mindset. I feel like our values really align there. And um, you're right, man. So many times we ask people in our community, other sellers, like, what what is it that drives you? What is your why? What what wakes you up in the morning and want to be a print on demand seller? Want to be an entrepreneur? And almost nobody says money. Barely anyone is like money, money, money. It's not like that. Yeah. People people have goals. People have dreams. Like it's to unlock more freedom in their life. That's what it is for so many people. They just yeah. want flexibility. They want options. They want to live life on their terms. Some of them want to retire their spouse. Some of them want to put their kids through college. Some of them just want to be their own boss. Some want to unlock more time so they can spend t- quality time with their family. So many people, you're right. Like it's not just about the money. I feel like when you dig deep with anyone, there's almost always more. And I will say, maybe I'll ruffle some feathers here, but those very rare people who are only in it for the money, they're usually the first to quit. Like they're usually the first to tap out because they're not driven by a strong enough why. They don't have emotion behind it. And um, money is great. I love money. Money is freedom. Money is options. But the thing is, if that's all that's driving you, generally the trend is we see those are the first people to tap out when there's any any kind of struggle or failure, or they're just mm-hmm. moving on to the next opportunity, the next opportunity. Um, what are your thoughts on that? No, man, I totally agree with you. Like there's an entrepreneurship in print on demand sellers, e-commerce sellers, anyone that's selling anything online or just any business in general. It's like, there's so many failures that come before the success, right? Mm-hmm. We, we've seen the iceberg, uh, the iceberg images, right? It's like success is is built actually way underneath the water, and then all you see is the tip of the iceberg. I think it's so true. Um, it is. It's a dark and lonely road, and it could. You don't know how long the road lasts of, right. of of failures. Uh, but the reality is, like, if you just stick with it, if you just keep going, yeah. and then it's it's the most magical thing you could possibly do for yourself for your for your family i mean it's it, that's where the fun is and it's usually not ha- it doesn't happen in the first year that's the thing it can it, sure, it certainly can i've seen it happen occasionally but the reality is it didn't take me one year like dude i'm in like i'm your i'm your like eight into this entrepreneurship game now at this point you know like you're, you're still uh, stuck on this you, podcast with us so i mean come on you still got work to do i'm just kidding <laughs> <laughs> dude like fortunately i love what i do to be honest like, this could very, be your it could be your ai it could be the ai version of cody right now though you could be on a beach somewhere oh this is ai cody yeah, <laughs> just keep you know that's the funny part is um i christina my wife and i we talk about that occasionally like we we could be done if we want it to be done, um, it's awesome working or whatever, whatever you want to call it, uh, financially free, whatever the, the definition of freedom actually changes as, as the, mm-hmm. you guys probably know this, I'm sure you do as you kind of reach different levels in life, the, your, your definitions of these things change. Like what does freedom mean? Well, I think it means this, this, this now, like it used to mean I want to be on a beach with a laptop and like do nothing. Yeah. And then you realize like, oh wow, I'm really passionate about what this, what I'm serving, what I'm doing. 
I can never imagine like leaving this and like going on a beach forever, like maybe a week or two at a time, maybe a month at a time. But like, yeah, there's a certain point where you're like the the happiness, the happiness and joy is usually linked to your purpose and what your Mm -hmm. actual mission is in life. And so Mm -hmm. fortunately we've had this unlock in our mind of like, dude, this is what it's about. It's like dedicating your life to something that you're really passionate about. Like that's the ultimate unlock, I think at this Mm -hmm. stage. Yeah. It's, yeah I mean, you're, you're so right. Go ahead, Gary. No, I was just going to say, I mean, I know, I know the podcast listeners know, you know, my story and I, I'm not going to get into that, but, uh, just to echo what you said, I just, I mean, I get to live this really cool life. Like I have such a cool, like I'm in such a cool season of life. I should say, like, uh, I was talking to somebody last weekend, I was in Norway with gelato and their, their accelerator summit. I was talking mm-hmm. with uh, somebody there just about the season I'm in of just like, I have a lot of time freedom, but it's like purposeful. It's, my kids are growing up. My son is eight. He's playing basketball. Oh, awesome. He's playing baseball. My daughter's uh, in kindergarten. So it's like spending time with them, going to all their things. I mean, if, like tomorrow they're having a Valentine's Day party in their class. It's like, do I need to be there? Probably not. But I have that freedom. You know, that those options, like you said, options. Yeah, like, choice. Uh, and so, so it's a really cool uh, season I'm in. I play a ton of pickleball. Uh, I know you're down there in Austin, so you know it's like one of the pickleball <laughs> meccas of, of America. You're probably aware of it. A lot of pros play there, but I, I play like almost every day, like multiple hours. <laughs> it's just, it's just a, it's a cool life, Fine. but like, that's the way I've designed it. You know, and that's the season I'm in. I'm sure it'll change, but, uh, it, it is pretty cool Dude, just to, to see that freedom. It's special, man. It's really special yeah. and it's very rare. And uh, you already know this on so like, congratulations, by the way, like on Thank that you. special Congratulations to you uh, as well, my friend. <laughs> Thank you, man. Uh, we, I have a, I have a four-year-old that's 25 tomorrow on Valentine's day, which is fun. Nice. Um, I have a three-year-old little girl that is uh, the joy of our life. And my wife, like she she chose to be a full-time mom. We had that option of choice. She had the option if she wanted to go work full-time, she can if mm-hmm. she wants. But if she doesn't want to, she doesn't have to. She can raise our kids full-time too. Like th- those little things are <laughs> massive, man. Those things are like, that's the thing. And unfortunately, because... I, I'm so passionate about talking to entrepreneurs or future business owners because we were those people and still am, but it's because I love it so much. I really enjoy it. Then it seems like it's so cliche to say this. It's like, I don't seem like I'm working like Sunday nights. I'm not worried about going to work. I'm like, I'm so, I cannot wait for Monday. I'm like, damn dude, tomorrow, like my whole team will be online. Like we're ready. Like I got these things, things. And I'm super fired up to, to be working. And that's what makes it to where it's really, everybody is kind of becoming, I don't want to say easy. There's a million problems and challenges always, but it's fun. Very, very yeah. fun. That's good. Yeah, and I can think long-term on it because it's enjoying. I could think 10 years out versus thinking about like my next paycheck, you know? Mm. Right. Yeah, no, man. It's so true. Like you really do have to enjoy what you do. I feel like it makes a big difference. And it's almost like Maslow's hierarchy needs when you become an entrepreneur. First of all, you're just trying to get security, right? You're trying to get some stability, some income, some security. A lot of entrepreneurs, a lot of print on man sellers, their goal is to quit their job and become a full-time entrepreneur, which is such an admirable goal, uh, admirable goal. Uh, but what I find a lot of the most successful entrepreneurs, one of the common factors amongst them is fulfillment. They're fulfilled. Like they literally 
want to wake up and do what they do. And I totally hear you on the Sunday, you're ready to get back to work. I'm the same way, man. I'm a TGIM kind of guy. Like, thank God it's Monday. I love mm-hmm. Mondays. When I was a nine to five corporate slave, I hated Mondays. I dreaded yeah, them. But when you love what you do, when you feel like you're having an impact on the world and you're truly fulfilled, it's just, you're, you know, you, you feel like you were called to serve and you're now doing that for a living. It's really fulfilling. And it, it it's kind of like it, the cliche, like you said, man, like, you know, they say, what do they say? Find a job you love and you'll never work a day in your life. Like, yeah, we I knew you were going to hit us with that quote. We I knew you were going to hit us with days. it. No, well, yeah, of course, man. I had Adrian to. Got, always got the quotes. Always got I the have, motivation. I'm quotes. the quote guy, man. I'm obsessed with quotes. But it. it's so I true. Like, we're all going to have crappy days, even if we're totally. doing what we love every day. But overall, like, I, I feel like most entrepreneurs feel so much more fulfilled and just full than if they were – a That's cubicle right. dweller. They're not meant to be cubicle dwellers. That's why they keep seeking out opportunities to help them unlock freedom in their life. And mm-hmm. we get to serve those people. We get to work with it and help those people. And uh, I know Everbee is very powerful for this. It's literally one of my favorite tools. It's funny. I was a guest on Cody's podcast and I was like, you know, every once in a while, there's a tool that comes along that's so good. You have to ask yourself, like, is this even legal? Like, it, it, it almost seems too good to be true. And that's honestly how I felt about print on demand. When I first started with print on demand, I'm like, okay, so you're telling me I can start an apparel brand with essentially an endless number of products, styles, colors, designs, and I don't have to hold any inventory. I don't have to mm-hmm. pretty much put any money up front. And it's automatically printed and shipped to the customer with my branding on it. I was like, this sounds too good to be true, but it wasn't. And there's like a suite of tools like this. And that's how I feel about Everbee. But I want, I want to hear, I I want you to share with Everbee, you know, the, the value of the tool, because I know it, but I want to hear it straight from you. And I want you to share it with others. Like how, how can Everbee empower sellers, print on a man and apparel sellers to make more money and as a result, unlock more freedom in their lives. Yeah. So the, the main thing, appreciate that, man. Thank you for that. Yeah. The reality is, and this came from my personal experience. Uh, I remember building, I, I've been entrepreneurial for a while, right? So when you're entrepreneurial, as you guys are, and a lot of people listening to this is like, you, you have shiny things syndrome, you're building things, you're creating things, like you're doing all kinds of stuff all the time. There was one point where I invented this, uh, I invented this, this product for the gym. I used to go to the gym a lot. I still do. But it was like a towel clip. I called it like a called it towel pal. Probably maybe you can still find some online online. But it was like a clip, a towel, like magnetic clip that would go on your waist. It was solving the problem of like you don't have to like carry your towel around in the gym, like it's on your waist, like an athlete would, like in a sports game. Kind of cool. Anyway, I had this idea for like years. And eventually I was just like, dude, I'm just gonna build this thing. I'm just gonna like I'm gonna design it, I'm gonna sew it, I don't, I don't I'm gonna get an MVP up and uh and do it. Did it. Cool first version. Cool. I'm like, this is kind of cool. Actually. Like I'm going to go and like, get them, get them produced, find a supplier, produce 800 of them. Right. Cause you can only MOQ was 800 minimum order quantity. Right. And, uh, now I'm in like thousands of dollars now into this, into this thing, you know, dude, zero validation, zero market research, zero, like purely off of like, I think this is cool. Super cool. Be, for the reason of this sounded like a movie 
you know, and I'm like, I'm on, I'm in this like movie where you just like create something that you want to create and you just like put it out in the world and people will come buy it. And it's like, you, you're celebrated for it. You're just such a forward thinker. And, uh, and reality is, is like, that's not the reality the, the movies don't tell you like that. There's usually ideas before those ideas that validate that this idea is actually a good idea. Mm. For example, Facebook wasn't the first social network. Mm. Surprise, surprise. Right. Mm. MySpace was before that. And there was also Friendster before that. Um, so like, if I would have just used valid market validation product research before launching this product, I maybe would have not done it and wasted the money, thousands of dollars, or maybe I would have launched it and created it better and actually served an actual problem in the market that was validated with data. And so the reality is everybody helps people avoid the thousands of dollars of wasted money and in the two or three years of wasted time by just launching something purely out of the, the, my head, uh, they can now avoid those issues with using data to validate their ideas. Um, and what we teach is that, well, first of all, that's, that's the big, big why of like, you should be always researching your market, your niche and serving your audience versus just creating something just because it feels good for you. Like mm -hmm. I understand the simplicity and the beauty in that and creating, I, I get it. There should be a part of that, but isn't it kind of a selfish thing to do when you're in business and business is actually about serving a customer. Mm. Shouldn't you start with the customer in mind? Shouldn't you be thinking about what they actually need and what their problems are versus just like what came into your imagination? Yeah. That's whatever be kind of the first problem that we wanted to solve really is just like to help people understand that there's better ways to design and build products and build businesses. Yeah, no, that, that makes total sense. I mean, we're, we're all about that. So one of the main strategies we teach to create products and designs that actually sell is to create for the demand. And how do you create for the demand? You go out there, you find validation, you find evidence, you find proof that people want something, and then you try to meet that demand. So you go out there, You. this is why I love Everbee, because you can just quickly pull up all the best sellers on Etsy. You can do design research. You can sort them by monthly revenue. And then you can just identify the ones that are selling best right now very quickly. And then you can use those as inspiration for your own designs and products. Of course, you don't steal them, but you use them as inspiration. Think to yourself, how can I improve on this? How can I make this better? How can I add value to this? The the validation is key. Like, I feel like it's yeah. such a critical factor, yet it's a big missing piece of the puzzle. And, you know, having looked at, I mean, I'm, you've looked at a lot of businesses too. We've all looked at a lot of print-on-demand businesses. And one of the recurring themes that I see in the businesses that aren't seeing a lot of success is the, the biggest thing that I personally see is a lack of design research and validation. Yeah. Uh, people think they have a marketing problem, but I would argue that most of them have a design problem. They're not creating something that people actually want to buy. Marketing, in my opinion, is pretty easy if you have something people want. You can run Facebook ads. You can get in front of thousands of people in a matter of hours, and you can get mm -hmm. validation immediately. If it's something they want, people will buy it. You know, They'll pull it out of you. They'll pull it. They'll the the customers will start pulling the product out of you when it's, right. when it's good. Um, when it's not good, it's everything's uphill. Everything's uphill because you're not even serving a real problem. You're not even serving them mm -hmm. with a good product or a product they're actually looking for. It's so much easier. Business is so much easier when you do it this way. It, 
And you could still create, by the way, because a lot of people listening to this are like, well, I'm a creator though too. I want to like be inspired and like just kind of create whatever I want. That's why I got into this business. I don't want to just only be a business person. Right. Cool. What, what I would say, and I'm curious what your guys' framework is, is like just do 80% of the business stuff and then do, use 20% of your time to be creative and like launch things that you want to launch and just see if it sticks. Yeah. The reality is if you can't even meet demand, if you can't figure out that first revenue generating piece, then you're not going to be in business long and you're not going to be able to create at all ever. Yeah. Yeah. So, I would, uh, I would uh, add that, uh, <clears throat> I think when people are starting out, what I see a lot in students, which is, is a great quality to have. I, I don't want to downplay it, but a lot of people want to create these extravagant brands and they want to be really, really creative, maybe a little overly creative. And, uh, and it's, it's great. It's, it's admirable. I love it. Like it, it's awesome, but it's like, how do we get the first five sales in? How do we get the first 10 sales in? You know? And it's like, Tools like this, and 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 I know that this tool is so valuable for all levels of of print on demand or or Etsy sellers or you know e commerce brands. Um, but it's like these tools are so valuable for getting that, like you said, that quick validation, like getting something that will actually sell, getting it out into the market, right? And then like if you want to expand off of that, and there you know that's going to spark other ideas in you and and some of that creative stuff. I know I'm thinking of a, a, just a student we have right now um, in our, in our coaching program that, uh, initially started with like a fitness brand and was like, I'm going to create a really high end fitness brand. And they have a, they have an aesthetic that they really want to focus on. Like we want this high end aesthetic. And we were like, can you incorporate some slogans? Can you do some things that are going to like grab attention? Even on the content side, it's like, can you put out Mm -hmm. content that's going to get people laughing, get people feeling something as opposed to, you know, just putting out this like heavily creative branded content. And I know, you know, they've been having, they've, they've been doing that for a while and they're really starting to see some huge success. I mean, some of their, some of their content's getting millions of views. Like they're starting to pull in sales. Wow. Like it's really, it's really cool to see that. Uh, and just, uh, just, I wanted to kind of add that to what you were saying because I think that's where a tool like Everbe is so valuable, right? It's just like, finding that inspiration, getting that quick validation products you can sell quickly. Yeah. hundred percent. You need the momentum. Like we, we need yeah. to create momentum and sometimes momentum can come from inspiration, right? It, typically mm-hmm. a lot of the times it does. So I go on to it does. Hundred, like hundred percent of the time. <laughs> Me too. Mm-hmm. Me too. Like uh, I'll go into a tool like ever be and I'll literally just like sort I'll, we'll go into our product database, right? And sometimes I just sort by revenue. I'm just like, anytime I'm feeling like scarcity type of mindset, yeah. like, oh, the market's dropping or like e-commerce is gone because it's February, not December. You know, it's like, <laughs> sometimes I'll just go in there and be like, are people making money still? Click yeah. revenue, sort. Oh, dude, this 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 one t-shirt here did $300,000 last month. Yeah. What the hell am I talking about? You know, like Wild. the world is huge. Global the global economy is massive, right? And, and print on demand makes it accessible for everything, everybody, everywhere. And anytime I'll, I'll see sometimes a Facebook post or something like somebody just like, is the market's down? Like, because it's after Christmas, you know? So like expect your sales to be low. I'm just like, that's not true. That's something we've like, this is a story we've been telling ourselves. Mm -hmm. Yes, it is down as a whole. It's, it's, it's down, but like, there are millions of dollars still coming through every single day on t-shirts mm-hmm. on brands valentine's day coming up like dude there is so much abundance of opportunity in, in print on demand it's insanity it's it's amazing what we have in front of us yeah i i couldn't agree more man and i couldn't agree more about you know you can have 
a brand that's crushing it all year round, like making up what I would call excuses like, oh, it's, it's just the season. I mean, if you're in something like maybe you're in uh, like calendars or planners or something, yeah, maybe that's a little bit seasonal. But when it comes to apparel, like there are brands winning all year round. Mm. And one quote that always really motivated me was you get what you tolerate. You get what you tolerate. It is a, I think it's a Tony Robbins quote. And yeah. that really impacted me because every time I find myself making excuses for not taking action or not stepping up or, you know, I think about this quote and it makes me just want to like break through. And, you know, I, I love seeing people break through that too. Like Fun. you're right. The, there's abundance all around us. There's people buying all around us and there's a lot of sellers having success and everyone listening is capable of that same success. If they follow, you know, a proven tried and tested roadmap and if they leverage tools that help them make more sales, they're if they take action, if they stay consistent, like anyone so can cool. have this. It's there for the taking, man. It's there for the taking. I agree with you, man. It's it's cool. And it's not subject to just one platform. It's not like I know we're talking, everybody's primarily our, our first market that we're really trying to help with Etsy sellers, but it's like the reality is we have a lot of Amazon sellers. Use mm -hmm. Everbee. We use a lot of just Shopify brand owners use Everbee because mm -hmm. the reality is the market is so big and buying behavior is kind of similar across these platforms. There's some nuances, but it's pretty similar, right? Like people still want products that they like are looking for, right? Mm -hmm. So if typically if something sells well on Etsy, very likely those same people that buy on Etsy are the same people like scrolling Facebook and mm -hmm. they're buying from a yep. website too. Like they, they'll buy on other platforms. And so a lot of times brand owners will just come to ever be, yes, it's primarily Etsy data, but they'll just take that data, validate a product and be like, look at this product, this embroidered duck on a sweatshirt of a gildan, whatever is $150,000 in revenue this last 30 days. Like, wow, I haven't seen that really anywhere else. I can do something like that. I can even make it better for my audience. Then they'll go and turn on an ad, put it on their Shopify site, turn on an ad. And all of a sudden they, they validate it in a very short period of time versus you don't have to wait for months to see this validation. Like this happened and it could happen in a couple hours if you, if you knew what you were doing. So mm -hmm. it's, it's pretty cool. That's what I love about Everbee, man. Like I'm a Shopify first seller. I love yep. Etsy is a secondary sales channel. Um, and it's kind of a, a form of scaling, like get your, like, I, I like to get validation from a brand first start with the brand, build the brand, and then put it out. If you've got the validation, if you're making sales, then put it out on Etsy. And we have students that come from both ends, right? We have some that start with Etsy and then kind yep. of evolve to Shopify. And then we have some that start with Shopify, building a brand and then creating a secondary sales channel on the Etsy marketplace, right? Um, yeah. But it's so true what, what you say about you can get validation really quick by using Etsy as a research platform, using tools like Everbee to find the best sellers on Etsy, improving on those, making them better, taking inspiration from them, putting some paid ads behind a validated, proven winning design or you know Fresh. something that you took inspiration from. And you can see insane income spikes really fast, really, really fast. And that's the, the potential of bringing these tools together and then putting paid ads behind products. You, you can make so much money. And, you know, what I like to tell people is, you know, this is not 
a get rich quick scheme, like print on a man, the, sure. you know, apparel is not a get rich quick scheme, but you can see success fast if you're doing the right things. And so you have to be doing the right things first. And one of the most important things that you can possibly do to almost make predictable sales is to take inspiration from validated winning designs and products right now. Like the ones yeah. that are absolutely crushing it right now. May improve on those, take inspiration, put ads behind them, and that can change the game. Like that is, those are some it of the is, most important needle moving activities, you know? It needs to. Yeah, you need to. If you think about any company out there, any company, like biggest brands out there, Coca-Cola, right? What do you think they do? You, you think they're just like launch a new product based on their, like their executive. And they're like, I think we should like do this, you know? No, they're researching Pepsi or the same company now. I don't know. They're researching other products out there. Right. They're paying attention to the entire market. They're, uh, I think I just saw an article come out the other day. Ferrari is like testing Tesla to like figure out their EV. Like that's just one example. I just saw the headline, by the way, I did not read the article. So don't quote me on that. But the point is like, it happens at every level. Every company needs to be paying attention to other companies, not obsessing over them, just paying attention to them. And then they can improve upon on top of those things or make it their own for their style, for their audience. Dude, it's, it's, I mean, it's needed in that same vein of cars. I mean, you could say the same thing about like, I mean, Tesla, just to use them as an example, you know, the technology, the simplicity, the, like that, that kind of aesthetic kind of shape the EV market, right? It's like every electric car that it. comes out, it's got to have a 17 inch screen. And now, now they all have no buttons and it's like, you don't need a key and, you know, like all these things. So it's like, they, of course, yeah, of course, like they drew inspiration. They like modeled it. Like I drive a, I drive a Ford Mustang Mach-E. So it's a, but like, it, it's like a Tesla. In some ways it's like a Tesla ripoff, right? Like I get in and I'm like, yeah, all these things, like they drew inspiration from yep. and they put their own spin on it, their own, like their own design. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's everywhere. That's amazing, man. That's how markets move, right? That's how things improve. Mm -hmm. It's 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 how it works. It, if you if you had everybody creating just from like nothing all the time, like we'd have a bunch of a whole bunch of pile of shit everywhere, you know. <laughs> like like we need people to build on top of other people's shoulders. That's how right. it works. Like that's how markets improve. That's how products improve. Like cars, if we only were people just creating and they weren't paying attention to their customers, we'd have a bunch of like pieced out wagons everywhere, right? Like we needed everybody to build on top of everybody. And uh, that's yeah. why we have what we have today. I mean, sometimes it works against us, I think, of course, but more benefit than downside, I think. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I could not agree more. I want to, I want to kind of learn, well, I want to, I want you to kind of share with our listeners. They're probably wondering how can ever be helped me? Like I, maybe, maybe someone's listening to this and they haven't started their business yet. You know, we've had a lot of people who are kind of in the very early process who are our listeners. We have some who have started their business, but they haven't made any sales. We have some who have made some sales, but they haven't seen the, like that really next level growth. What, what are you seeing? How are you seeing the most successful sellers use ever be? Yeah. Good question. There's two types of sellers, people that like are the trend, like they kind of jump on the trends and they kind of design for, for the demand. And that's fine. Uh, or like only for the demand, like they don't worry, focus on building a brand either. Mm. They simply just jump on trends. We do see people succeed in this way on Etsy, but those people have a very hard time building a brand, uh, because you can't really take that to Shopify. You can't just only be chasing trends. Um, so it's better to 
the most successful sellers that we have. And by the way, we have like, we just crossed over 500,000 users, total users on Everbee. Wow. And so we get to see a lot. Thank you. It's amazing. And we're so grateful. And fortunately, we get to see so much data and we get to see what successful sellers look like and which ones, which, which unsuccessful sellers look like. Mm-hmm. And the most successful ones typically are starting to build a brand. Like they're focusing on a niche mm-hmm. and they're serving a mm-hmm. type of customer. They focus on that type of customer. They obsess with that type of customer. And they simply just think about that customer all day and just serving them. You could serve a customer in a million different ways, right? Mm-hmm. And so you can serve them with better designs, better products, better sizes, better selections, better prices. But the point is, it's much easier to focus on a type of demographic than it is to focus on anything else. Like the marketing becomes easier, the research becomes easier, supply chain becomes easier. So the most successful sellers focus on a niche and then they build for that niche constantly over and over again until they figure it out. The most successful sellers don't get rich over like overnight. They, they just, they're in it for like, there's no time frame they have on it. There's not like, I need to make this happen in three months. Mm-hmm. They, they don't they don't really think of it that way. They if occasionally they'll have thoughts that come in their head like that, but typically the people sure. are like, I don't give a shit how long it takes. This is the mission. We're not stopping until the mission is fulfilled. Right. If that's financial freedom, then like then why do we have to have a date attached to this thing? That means that you're already planning for a potential loss. Like just dude, I'm not gonna sell out. I don't care what it is. That's the most successful people that I, I get to witness and talk to is, is people that kind of think that way and approach it from that angle. Um, how can ever be help them? If you're in your, if you don't have a product yet, or if you're wondering what your niche is and you just need to like, see what kind of opportunities there are. Cause I know how that is. Sometimes you just need to see what's on the menu. Like mm-hmm. first go to ever be sign up for free, just go to the product database or product research. We call it product analytics, literally type in anything hat police uh what's another baby mom valentine's literally type in any keyword you can think of and there's going to be like we have 50 million products in there right now and growing every day of you can literally sort by revenue you could sort by conversion rate you could sort by anything you could you you can nerd out in there completely all day but the point is you'll understand at least what products are moving and then you can start asking yourself, okay, what do I want to do? Like, mm-hmm. what kind of products do I want to sell? What kind of niche do I want to go after? Sometimes you don't know yet. That's probably the hardest part for a seller is if they're not even know what kind of niche or what kind of who they want to serve. Mm-hmm. That's a problem like, because you need to kind of solve that step one or at least experiment with it. Just go to Everbee, sign up for free. It's, it's, it's easy to do that. Um, I would do that first for that product research no product seller. If a seller already has some sales, but they're not having a lot of success in scaling or something like that, I think probably listen to these, listen to you guys, right? For that, like that's literally what you do. You guys talk about that every day is like building a brand, scaling systems, doubling down on what's already working. Like typically that's, that's the answer is if I already have some success, like just sometimes you just need to double down again and see if you can replicate the success again and then double it down again and then double down again. And eventually you compound into this cool brand and that's doing hundreds of thousands of dollars per re- in revenue or millions of dollars in revenue. Uh, it's not like a, a one 
one one hit fix type of thing. This stuff takes like double down again, double down again, double down again over time. Mm. And then the last thing I'll say is on this part is focus. You, you're an early entrepreneur, meaning this is your first or second go at entrepreneurship. Maybe your third, you're here early. We're early. You're early. Accept that you're early and that's okay to taste things. It's okay to taste certain things like meaning try this, maybe try that. But the sooner that you can get to one thing, not three things, the faster you're going to get to your success. We underestimate as entrepreneurs, the power of focus because we think that we're superhuman and we are in some ways, we think that we're superhuman and we can do three things at one time. And we think that we can do them so great, all three of them, because somehow I have time and do it. It's typically the slower path to success. If you can just focus on the one thing, for God's sakes, one thing, Mm -hmm. you're going to speed up your thing by 10x. And that is the hardest part for myself that I went through. Mm -hmm. It's the hardest part that I see so many people do it. Like occasionally I'll talk to users, customers of Everbee, and they're like, I'm like, so how's it going? What are you focusing on? She's like, oh, I got my Etsy shop. I got my Shopify store. And also, um, I'm also taking this like real estate investment course too. I'm like, fuck, <laughs> damn it. That's going to be hard, dude. <laughs> it's hard to do one of those things. Well, right. It's hard to do one. Amen. Yeah. Anyway, it, I digress. No, you make such a good point, man. I actually heard that one of the number one reasons that entrepreneurs fail is lack of focus. And I couldn't agree more. And it's kind of ironic because I feel like entrepreneurs are always looking for opportunities, right? We're opportunistic. Like, yeah, it is exciting when you hear about one thing over here and one thing over there, but you're absolutely right. And I think this is why at the beginning, so many entrepreneurs have these quote failures is because they're jumping from opportunity to opportunity. And it's only when they find one that they truly believe in and they can, they can visualize their success and they go all in on it and they actually focus on it that they see results. And a lot of them probably could have seen results in past business ventures too, if they had that same level of focus, right? Mm-hmm. Completely agree with you. <laughs> yeah, like it is, I slowed down our, our path to success and entrepreneurship by years, by mm-hmm. taking on three things, four things at a time. My wife even told me, like she was like, should you just be focused on like one thing? Like I remember her telling me this. I remember this conversation and I just finished reading Grant Cardone's 10X book. Mm, great okay. book. Yeah, I think it was 10X, right? That's what it's called. Um, the 10X rule, yeah. 10X rule, yeah. yeah. And I'm just like, I just finished this. I'm like, dude, hell yeah, I can fucking 10X everything. I'll just do everything all at the same time. And I'll just, I'll be <laughs> successful. Like, because I'm just committed, you know, to this. Nothing wrong with those things. Like I partially agree with like a lot of those things, but I think that it slowed me down too, because I was so focused on my full-time job, real estate investing, flipping, this e-commerce brand. And then I also was like launching software projects. Oh, by the way, it wasn't just one software project. It was probably three, right? It was oh. like, dude, what the hell are you doing? <laughs> you know? And, uh, anyways, so funny, man. Carrie, what about you? Like, did you, what, what your thing, I don't know your story. Did you end up focusing or how did you get your success? Oh man, something I've been working on for years. Uh, but yes, like I, I, I guess in the grand scheme of things that I did, I, I, 
I was let go from my job, started an e-commerce brand, um, and start, started like a, a print-on-demand apparel brand. Ran that for a couple of years, uh, of lots of ups and downs. Even along that journey, tried to start 8,000 other e-commerce things that didn't have any success. I mean, you know, just like kind of, but, uh, and then when I started shirt school, I ran, I basically ran like my biggest e-commerce brand and shirt school for a while and then had the opportunity to sell one of those e-commerce brands. <clears throat> and that was the point where it was like, all right, I'm like going all in on shirt school, helping others, you know, I have a course and, and coaching and all that stuff and, uh, and going, kind of going on, on helping others. And so I still do e-commerce, but like in a very pulled back, uh, fashion. So I'm mainly focused on kind of the one thing, but it's even over the last, I've had shirt school for four and a half, last four and a half years. I mean, I've tried to launch thing after thing after thing, you know, and I always kind of come back to shirt school because it's anytime I, anytime I, I find anytime I'd really divide my focus, uh, too much, then everything gets diluted. You know, things go off the rails. The business kind of just falls off. It's like, what am I doing? You know, like, so I kind of come back to that first focus. And I do think there's a point where, you know, you, you build out your team and you build out the systems where totally. you can take that step back. I think that's, that's, that's a really hard thing to, to build. Uh, and you're and you're and, and also just like your company has to get to such a, you know, uh, stable and somewhat large point to be able to, to do that, you know? Um, so it's, it's something that, I don't know. It's, it's, it's an interesting, interesting, uh, thing to have to do and takes a long time, right? Build the right team and then train them. And then, and then even, then you're still the CEO, then you got to replace yourself. And it's like, it's, it's, it's hard, man. So it is hard, but yeah, completely, completely agree with that. Yeah. Thanks for sharing that. I completely agree, man. It's, it's a process and you can't skip certain steps in the process. For mm -hmm. example, like you can't, you, sh you should not in most cases, dilute your energy, diversify your energy before you can sustain like the first thing, yeah. <laughs> you know, mm. like that's the trick that we do we, on ourselves as entrepreneurs. We have the shiny thing syndrome mm -hmm. and yep. where we are like, we launch something and then it's like, we get obsessed. Like it's like a, it's like a dopamine hit or something. Like we just love like, starting a new thing, you know, mm -hmm. and you keep that thing going and then it's like, you start another thing and then pretty soon you have three things and you're like, ah. Oh, you know, but you didn't kill anything in the past. Like you didn't, you, you didn't end any projects. You just, now you just, you're overloading yourself. And, uh, it's a tricky thing. Like it's a hard thing to do. I think there's ways to do it. As you said, sure. like, as you get more scale, as you build more team, but you need to have the revenue to support the team now. Yeah. 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 They, like I, I think about Alex Ramosi cause I think Alex Ramosi is always the voice in my head when I want to start a new thing. Cause he's the guy that's like, do not start a new thing. Do one thing. But his yeah. his point of view is is interesting because I mean he's talking about he's not even talking about the business or the company he's talking about the product have one product which I, I mean we're talking about a whole different business model here with print on demand all that stuff but like sure. he talks about one like don't release a new product until you're at you know multiple millions of dollars in sales with that one product uh, because of this very thing we're talking about that's always kind of the voice in my head is like goodness <laughs> i agree can do with, anything. I agree with that yeah i know I, th I think for the most part i do i think it's you know there like you said there it's subjective there's different different types of businesses different types of things but like it just speaks to the the message is again like we said like 
focus. And when, once, once you, I saw it one time as like presented as like a pie of focus. And that's always stuck with me is like, you have this much focus. As soon as you add one, the second thing, it, it's 50%. It's a, you've it's now, a, you've, you've now taken away 50% of your focus on the primary thing now to another thing, you know, and that pie just gets cut, 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 cut. And then you're like, it's, you've only got these little slivers for everything. Completely agree. You have to be, I believe that we have to be obsessive about our focus and where mm. energy goes. Yeah. Obsessive, like extreme. Like my wife would call me extreme in certain ways. Like I, I, we, are, we have to be, otherwise it gets freaking sliced up for you, you know, if right. you're not intentional about keeping that thing the same, that pie that like, you know, focus on the main thing, like you, pretty soon you'll be sliced up in five different ways and you didn't even realize it, you know, yeah. uh, ever exactly. be, we big time. It's one of our, our, one of our first core values that we have. And anybody joins the company is all in, you have to be all in on this one thing. Like you have to be. And I think that's why we've been successful so far. I think that's why we like, serve our, I think that's why we serve our customers well is because like we focus on like one thing really well. And then fortunately, like when you start building, you know, bigger user base, bigger revenue streams, helping a lot of people, you can start to think a little bigger and you can like start to branch out your features and products and stuff like that too. But it has to happen in that sequence. I don't think it should happen all at once. Yeah. So, yeah. Fun. Where do we go yeah. from here, Adrian? <laughs> I well, I, I I have a quote from Alex Armozi that I think is hilarious. Land this plane. Totally aligns with the three of us, which is I don't know if you heard this, Carrie, Cody. Don't make me niche slap you. Have you heard that from <laughs> Alex Armozi? He's he's he, <laughs> he's also huge on niching down, really big on it. And that's like a famous from one of his books. I think maybe both of his books, he mentioned it, but so funny, totally relatable. But I actually just want to share that and then, and then shift kind of to focus for a sec. So speaking of focus, a lot of our listeners are um, t-shirt apparel brands. A lot of them are running Shopify brand, like they're building brands off of Shopify. And awesome. I want to know from you, because I already know which features I love the most about Everbee. I love the product analytics. I love the search feature. You can see how much, uh, you know, a, a word, a keyword or a phrase is being searched. But I want to know from you what you think the most powerful features would be for someone who's trying to build a brand on Shopify. Awesome. Cool. The biggest thing for Shopify seller is uh, with, when it comes to Everbee is going into product analytics, like you said, mm. going through that product database. There's 50 million products in there. Plus there's like 52 million now. It goes up every single day. We're tracking this data. We're storing this data. Like we are literally watching this data. That data is now your data when you sign up for Everbee. Like you can now look at this stuff. You can say, you could type in anything in the search filter, like you said, but here's where it gets really cool. You can nerd out. Like you can nerd out pretty good, pretty good. You can use our filters and you can start filtering by like physical product, digital product. You could type, you could type in a search, like a niche, for example, um, snowmobiling, and then look at all those products. Then you want to also filter by like, oh, I want, I want products that have monthly sales of at least a thousand, a thousand dollars a month, but I don't want to go to like the big ones. I want to like go to like $5,000 a month. I don't want something too big. Cause I want to like be extra niche or something. Got it. Like, there you go. You have thousands of listings right there. Oh, you want to, I want to look at trending products. Okay. I use the filter and now I'm filtering by listing age. When was the listing created? And then I want to filter by sort 
by uh, listing date, creation date, by monthly revenue. You can now see products that are listed in the last four weeks, one month, and they're doing $10,000 a month, $20,000 a month, $30,000 a month. There are products being listed like last month that are crushing today. Those are very high indicator. Like this, that's a hot product, right? No question. Like somehow that product is hitting with the market. You should highly consider putting that inside of your store. That's a no brainer. You, right. you take that data, you put that into your Shopify store, you run ads to it or whatever you do, whatever you guys teach mostly, um, run organic to it. You have validation. That product is newly listed. It's in demand because it has revenue, a lot of revenue. And now you, now you put it in front of those people too on social, like you win. Customer wins too. Everybody wins. Awesome. Right. Yeah. It's so true, yeah. man. Like I love, I love Everbee's data first approach. One of my, one of my mentors said intuition is great, but dad always wins. And hmm. I hundred percent agree. And I'm all about the database approaches. And that's what I love about Everbee. It's just, it's a data first platform. Like, don't tell me what you think is going to sell. Show me what's selling right now. So, so I can take that validation and I can create better products that are inspired by what's selling right now, you know? Totally. It's a, it's cool, man, because we're, the cool thing is like, we get to help people at their beginning part of their journey, mm -hmm. the product research part of their journey. That's typically the first part of someone's e-commerce journey. The second, right. yes, later on, they're going to always want to launch more products. Yeah. And we kind of like filter, we go into the back end of their middle part of their journey as well, which is great. Mm. Um, a lot of current Shopify sellers that crush, they still come to Everbee to find the next product for their niche. And like, they still want to stay on top of trends as they should for sure. Mm -hmm. Um, but the cool part about it is that we're building now products that help people later on, like in scaling their e-commerce, uh, you know, just their, their e-commerce journey. Uh, for example, like we're building a print on demand platform right now. So mm. people can now have That's us awesome. as their supplier now too. So it's, it's been a very cool project that we've been working on for the past nine months now. And so now they'll, they can use Printify as, the, as they could use Printful, they could use Lotto, they could use uh what is it teespring or um t launch mm -hmm. yep um and they can also use every print depending on the product that they want to go to to, to launch in their store it's going to give sellers more options because there's always so going to be situations where go ahead i just wanted to i just wanted to bust in there real quick because i think what's really potentially really cool about that is you guys have the data right you you have the data mm -hmm. you can go in and you can see these are the best products best selling products so, Let's create a print-on-demand platform with these products. Like yes. <laughs> that no, makes yes. a whole lot of sense. It is exactly what we're doing. Our sellers come to us and they find these products and they're like, look at this, damn, look at this thing, right? Cutting board, whatever it is, right? Let's just say. Mm -hmm. And they're like, look at this thing. It's doing like forty thousand a month. Hey, where do I? They would, sometimes they contact us in our support chat and be like, where do I source this? Where do I get this product? And so we found ourselves referring it out to, we're like, Hey, good luck. Like printified gelato, check, check these other ones, you know, didn't really care to like solve that problem because that wasn't mm -hmm. our problem. Uh, we realized now that it's like, it's a huge opportunity for our sellers. One to just, they're already signed up with Everbee click, you know, now they start designing now all of a sudden mm -hmm. now they're already in design mode. They have data validation and now we can get to be the, now we actually be, get to be their inventory as well. So it's going to help them. It's going to help us, which is gonna be really cool. And, uh, 
at the end of the day, it's going to help the buyers at the end of the day, because they're going to get more products that they're actually looking for and get a lot of those gaps filled. So it's going to be really fun. That's That's awesome. awesome. Yeah, man. Win-win all around. It's going to help sellers. It's going to help buyers. I love that. I love that. It's it's a long Um, journey. I mean, print on demand is, it's a, it's a beast. Like I respect gelato. I respect Printify, respect T-Launch, all these guys that have been in the game for a while. It's no easy feat. Um, but because we're so long-term on this, this whole thing, we're, we're not trying to get, trying to sell our company in the next year, two years, five years, like we're long-term on this thing. So it's like, we got time, you know, love that. Nice. Love that. In, in closing, is there, is there any other cool features? I mean, that's freaking huge. I'm sure a lot of your energy and attention is going into that. It's called ever reprint, right? Correct. Yeah. Change okay. the name could change. We're getting ready to go to beta. So who knows what the, okay. what the feedback will be from the market, but like, that's, that's our name right now. Ever reprint. Okay. And when, when is that plan to come out and be available for all sellers? Good question. Um, we really want to make sure that it's solid, right? Like very, very solid. Um, so I'm hesitant to say like a date. Sure. I can tell you that we're, we're going to do it right. Like we're going to do it right. Yeah. We're handling people's businesses here. Like right. we're handling people's data. We're handling people's, their buyers. We're handling a brand, you know, like we're the core of their business a lot. So we want to make sure we do it right. I don't know about the date. I could tell you we're going to go in beta in the next mm-hmm. two weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, close beta, meaning like it's going to be like select, you know, people. Mm-hmm. Let me know if you guys want to jump in there. Um, cool. And then depending on how that goes and how long we'll be in that, we'll kind of just, we'll see how it goes. I could see it being awesome. maybe a couple months though. Like it's, it's happening this year. Like no question. It's going to be solid. Awesome, dude. It's I awesome. cannot wait to hear about that and start seeing sellers, just how excited we all get over something like that. It's it's always a treat when something big comes, you know, becomes available for print-on-demand sellers. And I think this is something really big. Uh, Thanks, man. Is there, is there anything else that you guys have in the pipeline coming for Everbe that can, you know, do what your mission helps people oh, do, make more sales? Always. There's always things in the pipe. Yeah, uh, but an actual pipe, um, probably too early to say, but I'll say it anyway, I guess. Who know? Who cares? But uh, Everbe email just launched two two months ago, which mm-hmm. is our email platform. Uh, we're essentially trying to we we automate email marketing for for brand owners. Uh, specifically, we are Etsy product though. That's why I'm hesitant to like it's not huge for your audience. Mm. Anybody that yeah. e- the truth I is, everybody, have, every single I, person should be doing email marketing. I think we have lots of Etsy sellers that listen. So just, you know, cool. I, yeah. I think it's, it, it could be useful as well. Oh, cool. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, if you're an Etsy seller, primarily every email is built for Etsy sellers. It's like tight, tight integration with Etsy. Awesome. Every single seller, you you agree with this, I'm sure, should be doing email marketing. If you're not, oh, you're losing money. It's like you're being 100%. silly. So every email is, is designed for Etsy seller right now. Uh, we are going to be building a Shopify integration this year as well. So nice. I'll let you guys know when that comes out. Yeah. Um, it's going we, we have a very, very simplistic view on things, meaning like we want to make it as simple as possible. Like more like done for you is like mm-hmm. our motto. Like we always use that word done for it. Like how, how can we do it for them though? Hey, how can we write that content for them? How can we like do this automation for them mm-hmm. versus like Clavio or like, MailChimp or like they kind of drop you in there and you're just like, Hey, figure it out. You know, like, <laughs> yeah. like that's yep. cool for an advanced seller, but like for somebody that's listening to this, it's business is hard enough at the beginning. Like <laughs> it's hard enough. Like let's just do the bit, the simple abandoned carts for them for God's sakes, you know, mm-hmm. like let's just do that yep. for them. They can edit it and all that stuff. Um, so yeah, every emails out. It's been out. It's solid. Uh, Shopify integration coming soon. 
the cool thing that I'm really excited about, it's like going to be our baby, but it's way too early to say it, but I'll say it anyway, is uh, Everbee Store. Ooh, can you share more? Yeah, man. That's so say more. Everbee Store will be similar to Shopify in a lot of ways. Um, it will be built specifically for print-on-demand sellers, drop shippers, and people focusing on personalization. Mm. Tight, tight integrations with print-on-demand platforms, Printify, Everbee Print, Gelato, focusing on the print-on-demand seller. Um, but, uh, bundling, bundling of products, like bundling you know, into, into listings, also selling digital products mixed with your physical products because who doesn't want to give like a giveaway or, or like, you know, an add-on, like a free freebie with with a, with your shirt that you just purchased or whatever it is. Uh, very much built for, the, built for the modern entrepreneur, I would say. That's like our, our baby coming out, uh, but that will be late, late 2024. That's awesome. Probably that is, way too early to tell. Oh, that. that is so exciting. That is so exciting. We're going to have to have you back on when, uh, when you guys launch that to kind of tell everyone about it. Um, that sounds like a huge opportunity for print-on-demand sellers. Thanks, man. I, I actually would love to hear your guys' feedback when we get closer to that point too. Um, we have a full Absolutely. team like built for it. Like they're, we're, build, we're building it. It's not an idea anymore. It's been an yeah. idea for two years. So it's, 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 it's finally getting built. And so we're working on that. I love your guys' feedback, especially with your print-on-demand so experience. Gosh, we need experts in there. <laughs> Absolutely. Yep. Hit us up, man. Hit us up. I would love to take Amazing. a look and, and offer feedback and kind of report to all of our listeners. I think that, that a lot of people would find a lot of value in that. So, um, that's super exciting, man. Well, I'm excited for you and your brand or, you know, your, your company, what you've built, where you're going. It's all very exciting stuff. Um, I'm sure a lot of people are going to want to know more about you and Everbe. And I just wondering for all of our listeners, what's the best way to reach you or Everbe and kind of follow your, what, what you guys do? Yeah. Um, sign up for free, everbe.io. Uh, we have a free plan. It's free forever. You convert to be a paid customer if you if you feel like you see the value in it long term um otherwise you still get value out of the free plan i believe like a lot of people are really like that plan as well uh our youtube ever be youtube channel we are been pushing a lot of content educational content value-based content through our youtube channel tiktok ever be find us just search ever be you'll find us um i'm on instagram personally i'm on twitter personally I have to be honest, I don't post a lot of content there. I don't really even check. Actually deleted the Instagram app off my phone. I still have my account, but I deleted it. Again, back to focus, right? It's like, right. I don't get distracted by any of that stuff. Uh, but you can, you can find me on there. A lot of times my wife will be posting like family pictures and stuff like that too. So it's, it's fun. That's more of the personal side of things. That's probably the best places to find me. Um, I just appreciate you guys having me on. So thank you for uh, hopefully adding value to, to your audience. I also yeah, wanted to quickly it's, shout out the podcast. Uh, as I know, it, you have a oh, podcast, the yeah, Etsy right. Seller Podcast. Uh, yeah, so definitely anybody listening on podcasts right now, that's an easy, easy listen. Jump over there and, and give that a listen. Totally. Yeah. And Adrian was just on there recently. So we'll have that episode posted soon. So that'll be really cool. A lot of value over there. Um, Carrie, we'll have to get you on there too. Let's go. Yeah. The Etsy seller podcast, even if you're a Shopify first seller, you should check this out because there's just so much transferable knowledge. There's so much value mm -hmm. there that you can get, even if you're not on Etsy at all, but if you're on both, I mean, there's, there's no reason not to check this out. It's an incredible podcast. Cody interviews a lot of really successful sellers and we can all learn from their wisdom. So I'm going to drop 
links to, uh, you know, to ever be and to the podcast, everything in the show notes. But Cody, thank you so much, man. It was such an honor having you on. Thank you for sharing your story and giving us a sneak peek, an exclusive sneak peek in what's coming with Everbe. And uh, we'll really look forward to having you on again soon. Man, thank you guys. I really, Thanks, really appreciate you. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Print On Demand Playbook Podcast. If you would, please leave us a review on whichever platform you are listening on. Thanks and have a great day.